Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast and the final regular season preview for quite some time. By this time next week, all of the bad NFL teams, well, maybe, maybe, but we'll come back to that in a second. All of the bad NFL teams will be golfing and we will be previewing nothing but playoff action. Uh, Speaking of, we do want to let you know this starting next week, we'll be cutting back our schedule to just two podcast episodes per week. We'll hold to that schedule until we get closer to next NFL season. But just because we'll be cutting back on the quantity does not mean we will be cutting back on the quality. That is because uh, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm Matt Harmon. That's not really the important point to the quality. The quality will be brought, of course, by my good friend Dalton Del Don, who is with me here today to preview week 18. Dalton, purveyor of quality analysis. What's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Happy or a little relieved, I'd say, for fantasy season to be over. Fired up for yes, the 49ers same. Rams matchup, my Niners. And uh, I like playing some fantasy uh, playoff pools, too. So, you know, excited for the postseason in the NFL, but uh, definitely a little relieved that the uh, regular season grind is finally officially behind us. Uh, you and me both, man. I am uh, happy that the, you know, like 18 uh, hour days on Sundays, I'm a little bit exaggerating there, but not not almost not exaggerating on that one uh you know i'm excited that those are over and excited that we just get to watch the football and be uh able to enjoy all of it so anyways i do want to get something off my chest though i talked about this on on yesterday's podcast but dalton i'm actually glad that you're here to help me work through this thought because you are a reasonable person and i feel like if i'm being unreasonable here you will you'll bring me back in so so far the last two years the NFL uh, has, and I, I want to say before I say this, I want to say that I am almost ninety nine percent always going to be the guy that's like, you know what, more football is better. Okay, I love football. I love the sport. I love to watch bad football sometimes, like because it's just all part of the journey. And sometimes bad games can indeed be fun to watch. That being said, so far the last two years, the NFL has has made two big changes. One. They've added a week to the regular season, which is why we're talking right now, because there's week 18. And two, they've added an extra, uh, uh, another seed to to the playoffs, right? Dalton, I feel like both of those changes kind of suck, okay? Like, I, I get the expanded season, whatever. It's just another game, more money. I kind of also uh, balk at the idea that there's only one meaningful game this week. As you know, you're a 49ers fan. That game's got a lot of meaning. Um, there, there are meaning to several of the other of these games. However, the the bigger thing that I've got stuck in my craw is why is there another? Why is there an extra playoff spot? Okay, do we really need the extra playoff spot? Like last year, it was the freaking Bears were the extra playoff team in the NFC. Do we really need another team uh, in, in the to come out of the NFC? This year, do we really need another team to come out of the AFC this year? When is that team ever going to be like the Super Bowl champion? If we just erased this team, like we're talking about the Eagles, you know, like the Eagles are in the playoffs right now, you know, like that's where we're at as a universe. Obviously, I think the the 49ers are an interesting team, but then the other team we're talking about in the NFC is the damn Saints. Do you need to see one more extra second of a Saints football? And I like I like what the Eagles have done this year, okay? I'm, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts and, and what they've done turning their season around. That's great and all, but do we need an extra week in the postseason to be treated to that? I would argue no. And you look at the, the AFC – the the guys that are on the bubble, 
you know, the damn uh, Raiders and the damn Steelers. Like, I, I don't need to see any more of those teams. I know that most likely it'll be Raiders or Chargers. The Steelers are, are not, you know, probably going to get in there. I, I don't think we need this extra playoff team. Team, I think it's like kind of it, it just adds something that is needless to the postseason. I liked when there was two bo- teams that got to buy. Maybe am I Dalton? All right, so I'll, I'll let you talk now. I'm not even just, just going to shut the hell up at some point. But Dalton, am I am I being uh, too harsh or unfair by hating both of these changes uh, that the NFL has made? It's a little weird. The extra game, an uneven amount of home games uh, per team. I know that the division they keep it the same, but um, and I know it's just a money grab. Um, as a, so as the 49ers finished in the seventh seed, I'll like it, but I do hear you. It's going to be very frustrating if they, you know, they, they're underdogs and the saints are favorites this week. Niners could finish like top five in, in DVOA and not make it, but that's just my own personal problems. Uh, yeah, there might be a bad saints team that makes the postseason that no one wants to see. And it's also a little bit, it's definitely different as having one buy. I mean, it's a big advantage for the, for that one seed. So, um, yeah, I've grown up, you know, with the, in the past and, and, and reluctant to change. So I'm certainly not going to push back for you and say that I love the change or whatever, but I'm more so indifferent. And I also am I'm also one of those people just loves more action and more, more another week to gamble. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to fight back too hard, but that's just because I'm a degenerate. So I certainly hear your side of the argument. Yeah, I just think it's worth saying. And honestly, the the week 18 thing is not the thing that bothers me most. Although I do think there was a nice clean break of like, okay, now it's New Year's. We we kind of turn the page to the postseason. Like January is playoff time. Like Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't play this weekend, is not going to take like a meaningful snap until the from the you know beginning of January to the end of January. That's insane. I, I don't know. To me, it's just it's too long. I don't like it. Uh, and and then the other thing, though, the bigger problem to me is the extra playoff team. Like, I think making the playoffs should be a big deal. It feels like less of a deal if we look if we talk, if there are season previews next year that honest to God say, look, the Saints were a playoff team last year. It's like, no, they weren't. OK, you're going to tell me there's anything like they were anything close to the Packers to the Bucks, to even to the Rams or, or the Cardinals. No, I disagree. Not in the same class. I think we are giving these damn uh, teams at the end of it a little too much credit by calling them playoff teams. And that's just how I feel about the situation. I haven't expressed that anywhere. I thought about it yesterday and I had to get it off my chest. At least 14 of 32 teams making it isn't as bad as the NBA where more than half the league makes the playoffs. What is 16 of 30 or whatever. But, um, you know, of course, it's a lot harder to upset in the postseason than those. But, hey, I hear you, man. I won't push back. Um, I hear you. You're, you're, uh, you don't like change. Uh, you're old school. I got it. <laughs> I'm I got old it. man, I guess. I'm old yeah. man, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I just think, like, the year after, the, 2019 was the year, the final year of the the, regu- the old playoffs as I knew them. It's like the extra teams that would have made it in 2019 was the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers yeah. and Jared Goff, like, and one of those lame Jared Goff-Rams teams. It's like, that should have been enough for the NFL right there to be like, oh, maybe Mason Rudolph in the postseason, not a good idea. And then last year, one of the extra teams was the Mitchell Trubisky Bears. Like, we've got enough evidence now. Now we're going to get maybe Taysom Hill in the playoffs. Like, no, this should not be happening. Yeah, and they don't really care. I mean, think about how little they care about fairness, too. Now they they even uh, schedule a playoff game on a Monday night this year. So it's just all about the dollar, you know I mean? But yeah, I, I definitely hear your concerns. Just all of us, you know just at the mercy of the almighty dollar. What a disgusting world. Anyways, all right, now that that's off my chest, and for the people that decided not to click out of the podcast, we thank you. Let's preview the actual games here coming up. There are no buys this week, uh, no Thursday night games, no Monday games. means we're previewing all 16 games, 32 teams this week. Uh, Not going to all be pretty, so we don't need to dive deep into every single one of them, but let's get right to it. Okay, let's start with Saturday. Let's start with Saturday. Um, Chiefs at Broncos. The Chiefs can get a first-round bye with a win and a Tennessee Titans loss. How are you feeling about this one, Dalton? Yeah, this spreads up to moving up to 11.5 in some places now. Looks like the Chiefs have incentive to play, so start all the dudes. Daryl Williams. Um, you know, uh, Hill is. Obviously, he struggled, but man, the, the the targets have been there. I expect he could be a monster game. He could finish as you know the number one fantasy wide receiver this week, and it wouldn't be that surprising with all the injuries to Denver's uh, secondary in the COVID list. So uh, yeah, I expect a lot of points being scored in Kansas City. It's kind of unfortunate this isn't on the main DFS slate, uh, this, this game. Yes, very unfortunate that it's not on the main slate. I totally agree with you on that one. It should be interesting. On the... Um... Obviously, you mentioned no Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The other injury note is for the Denver Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater placed on IR. Um, This is going to be our last, 
you know, sort of look at this version of the Broncos team, um, you know, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, kind of what they look like with damn Drew Locke. And then obviously we've seen them with Teddy throughout the year. And then there's the question of next year with the backfield. You know, uh, we're we're putting together our top 12 um, for 2022 as a group piece. You know, a couple of folks have Javante Williams in there. And it's like you're really banking on Melvin Gordon being back. But I would say there's like a 50 50 chance that Melvin Gordon is not gone from this roster next year. I strongly considered I left him just it was just outside. So he would have been my top 15. But yeah, just what it came down to if uh, if Gordon's gone or not. Certainly uh, you can't watch what he's done as a rookie and not been impressed. He's definitely a first round talent. If the situation and the situation could obviously improve with the quarterback. It sounds like this is going to be Drew Locke is going to get another injection in his shoulder. He's going to play through an injury just because it's a showcase game for him. So uh, he'll be out there. And I know that there's, he's received a lot of criticism and he's not great or whatever, but to me, he makes the receivers far more interesting in fantasy terms. The A dot rises far more yeah. than Bridgewater. And uh, maybe he's not their long-term answer, but come Saturday, um, I think Judy and Sutton are at least become more interesting. And uh, certainly Judy, what a disappointment that high ankle sprain um but he's, he's going to return this week and uh maybe he can go out with a with a nice last game uh hopefully but um yeah he's someone i still have of high hopes for next year but what a disappointment this season yeah i think sutton and, and judy will definitely be on a potential discount watch next year it's just of course who is going to be the quarterback that'll be the big question all right let's talk about the other saturday game this one's interesting as well uh cowboys at eagles uh the cowboys are three and a half point favorites a uh, couple news notes here tyron smith and micah parsons two pretty big names there for the dallas cowboys they are on the covid list the eagles don't really have much incentive here though like basically it looks like they'll probably face the bucks in the first round of the playoffs potentially but uh we'll see where are we at with this team uh go both these teams going into week 18 yeah smith uh and parsons arguably their best offensive and defensive player i mean of course prescott plays quarterback but he struggled since the injury and um i mean digs for all his interceptions is allowed the most uh, yardage and coverage by like a mile this season. Uh, but uh, neither here nor there. Uh, what fantasy terms uh, people, the market's undecided how, how, how exactly how uh, hard both these teams are going to play. Uh, probably going to say Philadelphia is really going to take uh, the wheels, the, the gas off the gas pedal, you know, uh, yeah. probably who knows. I like Gainwell in, in Yahoo's DFS. I believe he's the minimum mm-hmm. at 10 uh, Gardner Minshew is affordable 25. He may end up starting. We saw he's yeah. he performed adequately last we saw him uh, end up down Dallas is missing some guys on defense. So um, I don't know. This game uh, is the spread opened at seven. Now it's down to uh, four and a half or or five. So um, I don't know. I could see it going either way. It's unclear how long Dallas plays their starters. Yeah, I agree. Who knows? This one feels a little like tricky to try to, you know, get in any fantasy action or anything like that. Any daily fantasy action just because of uh, the questions on both sides in terms of like motivation, all that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how much we'll see of Dak, but. It would be great to see a couple of good drives, at least maybe two full good quarters from him before we launch into the playoffs, just uh, because of how shaky things have been to the back half of the season. Obviously, no Michael Gallup now either. He he did tear his ACLs out for the year. Yeah, so Dak's performed far better at home, but the Eagles have been the, like, well, the best matchup for fantasy tight ends, a good matchup for Schultz. And yes, missing Gallup, you got to bump up Lamb and Cooper. And really, Cedric Wilson becomes interesting in PPR because he's going to move into the slot and really, Lamb, you might just expect more of the same, and it's almost a downgrade for, for Lamb. You wouldn't think so, losing Gallup. But moving him to the outside, I actually don't love that for him. Uh, but either way, he's going to finish as another fantasy disappointment for sure. I loved CeeDee Lamb as a... Heck, I could have talked myself into a mid-second round pick in PPR leagues by the end of summer, and boy, he certainly didn't live up to that. No, the whole Dallas operation just hasn't been quite what we expected. You know, which is all, almost, by the way been better for their team because no one expected their defense to be as good as it is 100 yeah that that has really been the key i think all of us were still analyzing the defense as if it was going to be you know like a train wreck you know it was going to be giving up yards and points and bunches and and there's definitely been some explosive plays allowed by dallas obviously trayvon diggs has uh you know given up not not nearly but just about as much as he's taken away uh but at the same time those guys up front have been huge with no if no Micah Parsons in this game that'll change things but again it's this is a tough game to preview just because we don't know who's going to be trying what they're what level of effort there will be out there uh so let's move to Sunday let's move to Sunday let's start with games that'll uh that have some serious playoff implications starting with the main uh attraction here which is why it's on Sunday night Chargers at Raiders this is a win and you're in for both teams feels like a playoff game of course 
we're ca- we're counting on the Colts beating the Jaguars. If the Colts beat the Jaguars, then it's one of these teams is in. Uh, that'll change if somehow the game we're going to talk about next, uh, the Colts fall to the Jaguars, which is not totally impossible, but feels pretty improbable. Yeah, Chargers always mess things up, but it seems like they should be favored by more than three points. They just feel like the better team here. Um, Herbert, do. the superstar, but um, Raiders have uh, you know they they've impressed when when written off. Uh, Ren- fourth in Renfro, making the nice plays. They may even get Darren Waller back. Not sure how healthy he will be, but definitely respect how how Carr and company played this season. You know, uh, losing the coach and rugs uh, both uh, unexpectedly midseason. Um, Josh Jacobs playing clearly less than 100%, but uh, it was impressive coming off just running down the Colts' throats on that opening drive, uh, but the rest of the offense didn't exactly erupt like teams had following the Broncos. I was paying attention to the Raiders right away. They did that. I'm like, oh, man, if they explode for 40 points, it, the, the trend continued, but it certainly did not. But um, uh, anyway, the Raiders, this is going to be a, a fun one to watch Sunday night, and um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I expect the Chargers offense to, to ultimately uh, prevail here, and probably I'd pick them to cover even as the road, the road favorite here. Yeah, this one's got a 49 and a half point total. This should be a really fun game uh, for fantasy uh, if you are still, you know, playing daily fantasy in week 18. But uh, nevertheless, like, yeah, I am so interested to see how this Raiders team comes out and attacks this Chargers defense because we know that the Chargers have been ultra leaky against the run. Um, the Raiders haven't, they've at times leaned on Josh Jacobs, other times not so much. Uh, he's obviously had more of a pass game role of late, but. Man, I mean, it's just uh, it's going to be very fascinating. I think see how they attack this one. Uh, you mentioned Hunter Renfro, dude. Hunter Renfro is going to be one of the most fascinating players to talk about next year uh, because he is, I think, legitimately good. I think he's. I've always really liked him and thought he was underrated. And I'm just glad that the Raiders are finally kind of letting him loose now. His rookie year, he was way up there in yards per route run too. Yeah. So yeah, he's he looks like he's the real deal, and in PPR, uh, just so valuable. Uh, Foster Moreau killed me last week. Loved his matchup in the Colts. There was just not enough passes there, and this offense really slows down. But Zay Jones, good for him, man. Totally, uh, I did not see this coming, but uh, it's been about a month now. He's really gotten the air yards there, and he's he's you know starting in the NFL and and, and making some plays. Derek Carr likes him too. I think Derek Carr talked about him as a guy that you know works really hard in practice is like a guy that uh, that he really likes and so you know getting a promotion there does kind of make sense if the quarterback really likes you Raiders too like if if they win this game and they make the playoffs I think that becomes a very interesting conversation for Rich Passaccia the the interim head coach obviously taking over for for John Gruden like I thought there was a chance that when Gruden was out it's like oh they're just going to tear this whole thing down now that feels kind of unlikely you know it feels kind of like they'll bring uh, they're, you know, I don't know if they give Basaccia the head coaching job, but it might they might at least like keep things kind of level if they make the postseason. So this is a huge game for the Raiders on the Chargers side, too. I don't know. This this also kind of feels like gravy for them too, potentially making the postseason, because this was like, I think, much more of a not a full reset, obviously, under Brandon Staley, because they have Justin Herbert, they have Keenan Allen, they have so many veterans on the roster. But this is really year one of Brandon Staley installing a pretty different type of culture and especially a different type of scheme, both on offense and on defense. Some lack of success on both of them, uh, mostly because of personnel issues on defense. But this would feel like pretty big gravy for uh, Staley and company to make the playoffs as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this game even though I said they would cover or if they make a deep run into the playoffs it's all gravy here because of their future if you're a Chargers fan you're just you're just pumped either way because you got Herbert uh, you have the most important position uh, for years and uh, you have the right coach hopefully in place as well and they'll iron out the details yeah he made his mistakes taking over position you know he was learning some things so yeah very encouraging uh even if they somehow lose this game Sunday night uh you got Herbert Yes, you got Herbert. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here a little bit with the whole extra playoff game thing because, I mean, who doesn't want to see more Justin Herbert (laughs) in the playoffs? But but the take stands if it's the Raiders, okay? If it's the Raiders that make it, the take stands. If the Chargers make it, maybe I back off a little bit. All right, like I said, the game that we need to know the result of before we really know how this uh, Chargers-Raiders game is going to go, it's Colts at Jaguars. Uh, If the Colts win, they make the playoffs. Um, how are we feeling about this one? There's not much, there's not much good you can say about Jacksonville right now. Yeah, uh, this is a massive spread for the road favorites there with the Colts. I get Jack, I get that Lawrence has what two touchdowns over his last nine games or something really uh, anemic. Um, and this game, this game was close the first two times these teams met. The one thing Jacksonville does well is defends run. 
Um, but still, you, you know, you could, no one's going to fault you for uh, getting Taylor in your DFS lineup. Uh, obviously, they're favored for a reason. Carson Wentz is shaky, but they're such a better team with the playoffs on the line. I get it. Yeah, it's a nice setup for, for the Colts against, you know, a, a, an over, overmatched Jacksonville team. Michael Pittman's just $19 in our daily fantasy game. I like him a lot uh, as a week 18 play. Uh, he had six catches last week. I think he had eight catches the week before that. Like we know the volume is going to be there. It's just all a Wentz question. Uh, Dalton, let's suppose the Colts make the playoffs. What week does Carson Wentz screw the Colts out of a win in the postseason? Yeah, good question. Yeah, it's as soon as weeks they need him. As soon as the first time they need him. Yeah, I mean, maybe they could. They could win a couple of games. Like, you know, they went into Buffalo. You know, how that's yeah. a horrible matchup for Buffalo outdoors. Um, but yeah, Wentz has been so shaky. Obviously, he gets somewhat of a, of, of a pass last week of coming off missing practice all week and doing the virtual meetings and whatnot. It had to be, and coming off COVID, maybe he wasn't 100%. So, uh, but yeah, he's, he's very shaky. And I, Pittman, don't forget it, draft tables next year. Yeah, he got, he's, agree. he, man, the volume, it's there and the skills are there. Whoever plays quarterback so there, Pittman could very, very easily suddenly be like a second round fantasy value next year that won't cost nearly that at draft tables. Oh, it's going to be Carson Wentz again in 2022. Okay. I mean, is 2023 it? Yeah, is yeah. another question, but I, I feel like they're 100% coming back. Maybe they, because it, what, they've, they're going to send the first rounder to, to the Eagles back for Wentz and like, He's a placeholder, right? Maybe they draft a rookie, you know, and, and if Wentz really like stinks up the joint by November, they think about flipping it back to like a second or third round rookie pick. But I don't know. I feel like we're probably Wentz or bust for the Colts that, in 2022. That's fair, but the point remains with Pittman. Though. I think he, oh, that's 100%. just fine. Maybe Agreed. even better than a rookie QB, whatever. For his interception faults, whatever. He can get it. Uh, things will change. Maybe the, you know, the game yeah. scripts will change. Even Jonathan Taylor goes down or something. Then you're really looking at an entirely different thing. So uh, either way, Knock Pittman wood. is... <laughs> Pittman is a, no, I know. Dude, Jonathan Taylor's never missed a uh, practice, he claims, throughout high school days. I mean, that's something that's He's underrated, unreal. too. His availability, not just how awesome he is. Weird, the targets have just totally disappeared because he's been good with them. He's been efficient, but... Um, um, expect that to return and in Yahoo DFS it's only half uh, PPR anyway but yes I like like Pittman next year um, even with Wentz returning but you're and you're right about you know, that, that being the most likelihood the Colts too you know they had all kinds of offensive line injury issues they had all yes. offensive line COVID issues this year too all so year. The, the Colts are funny too I've heard um, people talk about basically the Colts treat like the first month of the season like kind of like an extra preseason and i think this year was even more dramatic uh, so because um of just all of like carson wentz's injury issues not being around in the offseason you know quentin nelson's same foot uh, issue thing he had going on in the offseason too so i don't know i think the colts are a team i'm really going to be interested in in 2022 it's just always the wentz thing man it's just always that that he's the, the kind of the the ghost hanging over here and then for jacksonville trevor lawrence is dead last in the nfl in adjusted yards per attempt uh i, I was listening to yeah yeah pretty bad uh, i was listening to our colleague charles robinson on the ringer nfl podcast kind of talking about how there is some discussion around the league right now that num that this job is not attractive and uh the biggest reason the head coaching job in jacksonville the biggest reason is obviously they're uh potentially going to um uh, they're, they're potentially they're obviously talking about bringing back Trent Baalke as the general manager there. That's number one. Um, although Jaguars fans are apparently going to show up this game in clown costumes. So keep an eye on that. Second thing, though, there is talk around the league that like, ooh, people are spooked by Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. Like they're not everybody's not willing to write it off as just like the Urban Meyer uh, S show there. So uh, keep in, keep that in mind as we start to hear head coaching rumors for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just thought that was interesting that Charles uh, had that note. Yeah, no, it's been absolutely brutal. All the advanced stats, completion percentage over expectation. He's right down there with uh, Glennon and Zach Wilson, the bottom of the of the league. Um, yeah, no, it's been uh, it has been it's been discouraging rookie season. That's uh, that's for sure. I didn't see that coming, man. He looked like a generational prospect. I've heard his numbers in college didn't match like, you know, the whatever he which could have been or whatever. But I boy, I mean, everyone thought it would uh, change at the pro level. And there's still plenty of time left. But um, yeah, it's with discouraging rookie year to be sure. Yeah. Definitely uh, discouraging there. Okay, let's talk about another game here. This one's a little more complicated when it comes to the playoff stuff. Uh, but Steelers at Ravens, a lot would need to go right, but neither of these teams have fully been eliminated. Uh, the Ravens clinch a playoff berth with a Ravens win, a Chargers loss, a Colts loss, and a Miami loss or tie 
on the Pittsburgh side of things, I mean, also, by the way, okay, the take on the extra playoff game, if the freaking Steelers are in the playoffs, <laughs> that, stamp the take in stone. We don't need the extra playoff game. Anyways, Steelers clinch a playoff berth with they win this game. Uh, the Colts lose plus the L.A. Chargers plus Las Vegas Raiders game does not end in a tie. So it's a lot there. But Dalton, what do you feel about this game uh, just overall? Both these teams will at least be playing uh, as like because they both obviously need to win this game. They'll both be giving full effort. Man, Big Ben, 2.7 YPA in his send-off on Monday Night Football, the big victory. That was just uh, brutal to watch. And now Deontay Johnson. It was literally his Kobe game. It was literally his yeah, Kobe game. It was like, Kobe. Just, exactly yeah. right. You're right. The, the, the volume was there, dominated there. So Deontay Johnson was on the COVID list, so bumped Chase Claypool way up and then against this uh, banged-up Ravens secondary. I believe the other game that Johnson missed, uh, Claypool was targeted 15 times earlier this season. Raymond McLeod you can, is actually playable in PPR but that's yeah. about it, just PPR. Um, but yeah, no, bump up Claypool against his secondary and uh, Big Ben's uh, uh, possible final game. And then Tyler Huntley uh, on the other side, I expect to start, and it has not certainly uh, continued to play as well as he has earlier, but he runs enough to be fan- worth, you know, fantasy-worthy. Tyler Huntley is six uh, in the NFL in completion percentage over expectation. Like, I do think he has played um, well enough to earn himself kind of some... You know, I, I think he'll be the Ravens long term backup. And then like if he gets in the into games in the future, I think that there's a chance that uh, like we're talking about him as a guy, you know, oh, well, Tyler Huntley, is he a team that maybe uh, a guy that that someone wants to take over as a starter, that type of stuff. Let me ask you about the Chase Claypool thing. Obviously, last week, uh, like you mentioned, Ray Ray McLeod gets 10 targets, nine targets for Chase Claypool. Everybody, uh, everybody's getting targets because Ben was just throwing the pill around so much. Chase Claypool, I think, needs to wear some of the disappointment for uh, his his season this year. Obviously, much of it is a Ben Roethlisberger problem. Like Dalton, there's no more hopeless play in football than uh, Big Ben shooting a go route to Chase Claypool down the right sideline. It's like as soon as that ball leaves Big Ben's hand, you know it's going nowhere. It's not getting caught by Claypool. Uh, Claypool, though, he's second in the NFL in contested targets per pro football focus, which I don't think is an indication that he can't separate. I think it is you know, more of a Ben Roethlisberger problem. But he has just a 41% catch rate. I think that's been the weakest point in his game and I think it was readily apparent to see that on um, the field Monday night you know he's just not good in those situations despite his size despite his frame I don't think he's got good ball skills I think he struggles to track the ball in the air Um, and I think if you're going to be sort of like DK Metcalf Jr. which was the comparison that I and many other people made coming into the NFL coming into this year you have to kind of be good in that situation so I don't know I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just like ram in Chase Claypool with the exact same expectations I would have had for Deontay Johnson, who I talked about on yesterday's DFS show, pre-COVID news is a guy I really liked. Super disappointing. At 6'4", uh, 240 pounds, Claypool had 11 touchdowns as a rookie and one touchdown over 14 games so far this this year. Obviously, wow. Roethlisberger's contributed, but I mean, that's it's just, I didn't see that coming. So, um, I uh, yeah, I totally did a little bit of a different player, too, than, than Johnson. So, I don't see, I get to see the fewer catches, but maybe a bigger play. It's definitely been a disappointing season, but I still think the upside remains when he sees, when he has a new quarterback throwing him the ball next year. But, um, yeah, he absolutely could bust in the situation. We've seen big target games with Roethlisberger uh, and receivers not put up big fantasy points consistently this season. So, uh, yeah, but I think in a, in a in a tournament or whatever you have to throw Claypool in a few here now given given Johnson's uh, likelihood of missing this game I believe that 15 target game for Chase Claypool early this season resulted in fewer than 100 yards so yeah that's the type of thing we're looking at here with this uh there's definitely some upside though. there's upside and then I think he's going to be a fascinating player to debate in the offseason because again I don't think he's played well this year I obviously think the quarterback position has held him back too so you know where does uh kind of the line of blame sort of lie between all of this stuff I think will be fascinating with a new quarterback yeah, I'm sure Najee will see a million uh, targets too, but I mean, they're not going to run the ball at all against this Baltimore defense. And don't forget this Baltimore defense, while it did bounce back last week, you know, one week removed from giving up the fourth most passing yards in an NFL game ever. So, I mean, it, you know, theoret- it, it's a pretty, yeah. pretty good matchup too for Claypool. Absolutely, yeah. Perhaps uh, if he can get down into down the field on one of those uh, 
awful go routes. Uh, maybe, you know, this fourth string, fifth string cornerback for the Ravens uh, is someone who actually he can muscle up at the catch point. You see Chase, uh, two stats I saw this week, Chase Claypool. One, apparently he's left like 40 points on the field with his drops. It's totally separated. But otherwise, otherwise, conversely, his go route stats are like he's in another league than everyone else. So I actually kind of looked at the drop thing as a positive for him. It's like whatever. Like in the next year, if he's separating and doing all the rest while committing those drops. I mean, what a monster. I was wrong on on chase i overrated the drops of preseason dr- buried him a little bit too lower than i should have and normally i'm all over the young guys and i was all over pits can't believe i was uh, chase i put chase in the back end in our in our re-ranking for next year at 12 I, I mean maybe that's i i get that there's going to be some touchdown regression but man he looks pretty special what he's doing as a rookie yeah definitely obviously he showed that against the ravens uh in that couple and then obviously against the chiefs last week All right, let's move to Titans at Texans, AFC South matchup. Uh, Tennessee locks up the bye week, the number one seed with a win here. Uh, Derrick Henry activated off IR. I doubt we'll see him in this game. Dante Foreman, a very attractive uh, DFS play at his salary this week, which I believe is 23 or 25 bucks this week. Uh, Either way, uh, the Texans have the worst run defense in the NFL, or at least one of them, and it's a revenge game for Dante Foreman. By the way, Dante Foreman is like the one guy that's come back really strong from a an Achilles tear at the running back position, and it took forever for him to come back from that. Yeah, just 23 bucks. Uh, he doesn't have like high snap percentages if you look at that, but he still led the league in carries last week. So it doesn't, whatever, he's not going to get you many PPR points, but he's run for 100 plus yards in three of the last five, scored in the other two. You mentioned Houston's a good matchup. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like Foreman quite a bit in DFS. And A.J. Brown, uh, you know, right behind uh, Jefferson and Cup. Uh, I know it's been hit or miss with him for sure, and Julio Jones has returned to practice. But, um, you know, Brown could go up. You know, he could break the slate type game, too, in DFS, too. He could also this week. Yeah, uh, T.J. Hernandez pointed this out on our show yesterday that the – Texans are a weird pass defense and that overall they're pretty good, but they really struggle giving up uh, points to the team's number one receiver. Like there's not too much trickle down. I'm like, well, that's perfect. Tennessee Titans, that's, that's all they got is one receiver, one number one alpha receiver, and everything else is kind of like end of, there's Julio doing whatever he's doing, but then like, you know, uh, the end of roster guys behind him, who cares about old Nick Westbrook, Aquina, and all these other guys, like, so uh, I think that's actually a pretty interesting matchup for A.J. Brown, but anything on the Texans side here, uh, Davis Mills actually has finished his rookie season pretty strong, uh, I don't know that he's going to be like the starter in 2022, but actually, there, I, I think there's a chance. He has has dramatic splits, too, for what it's worth. Played far better at home, which should help everyone in this game, including Tennessee. This could turn into a mini shootout. Um, I like Brandon Cooks. Again, he he left so many points on the board last week against uh, our Niners. Uh, I think he led the league in PI yards. There was another one just called back. So that could have been a bigger game for him. And it was his first week returning from the COVID list. So expect a bunch of targets again for Cooks. So, uh, yeah, I like uh, Davis Mills has absolutely put himself on the map to be a possible future starter in this league. He's, I mean, he's very impressive as a rookie especially when you compare him to the rest of the rookie class i mean we all can't be yeah. trey lance you know no we can't all be trey lance man that is very very true unfortunately we're probably not going to see trey lance but we'll get to that a little bit later uh saints at falcons is our next game up the saints need a win to keep their playoff hopes alive they also need a uh san francisco 49ers loss which of course we on this podcast are not well i made my i made my feelings pretty clear about the saints okay so i already made that point pretty clear um but dalton going against their rival falcons uh look we've got an interesting matchup here i think the falcons would love to play spoiler to the saints in this one yeah they beat them the first time they played and that was in new orleans earlier this season the falcons were an inch away from being tied uh, what late in the third quarter in Buffalo last week, but they ruled Matt Ryan right down before the end zone. And he comically got a taunting penalty because he scored on it. So then suddenly it was a goal to go from the 16 oh. yard line. And then, you know, they turned out and they nearly covered a 14 half point spread instead. But um, I don't know if that was just the end of them. And they gave it their all or the Atlanta has been pretty one, a quote unquote professional team that showed up uh, weekly and Kyle Pitts. I had written off after he left with a non-contact injury last week, but it sounds like he's going to try to beat Mike Dick's record. He returned to 
a limited practice this week. I've been following it closely only because of the Niners' interest in this game. So Pitts may play. Uh, Gage is impressed far better than a contested catch guy. I did not expect that from him. And then um, uh, Patterson's just his career continues to be an enigma. I mean, now he's a super weird uh, Patterson. But um, I expect this game to be close. Four and a half points is tough for this Saints offense to cover against anyone on the road, let alone, you know, a division rival. Like the Marquez Callaway, I believe, led the league in Whopper last week. He's quietly been among the league leaders the last three. I'm not sure it's going to translate into a ton of fantasy points, but PPR, uh, you know, a solid wide receiver three. And Taysom Hill, it's not pretty, but man, he's a pretty solid fantasy option, which given the amount of, he gets 10 plus carries a game. Yeah, yeah. He's like a lock for nine to 10 carries a game. Uh, Totally agree on that point. Marquez Cowboy, I'm glad you pointed that out because obviously he was like so overdrafted in August off the preseason. That was a terrible, terrible move that people made there. But at the same time, he has started to turn around of late, uh, especially because they've been getting him like big play shots out of the slot. Really like seeing that. Uh, obviously, Taysom Hill will let that thing rip. So makes a ton of sense there. Uh, I, I don't know. I think you're probably getting a little cute to, to play him in daily fantasy. But nevertheless, it's a good matchup against the Falcons. And this is a game where, you know, both these teams will be playing kind of full bear on the Falcons. Yeah, you, I'm glad you brought up. Kyle Pitts, who will have three more games than Mike Ditka to break that uh, yardage <laughs> record, uh, as TJ and I talked about on the podcast yesterday. But um, I like Kyle Pitts at 18 bucks. If you're looking, if you're not playing George Kittle, if you're not playing Mark Andrews, I think going down to Kyle Pitts at 18 bucks in daily fantasy against this team does make sense. And you look at the targets and the route run and compare to rookie seasons, it's the TD percentage is going to is going to help his uh, ADP next year be lower than it should uh, wheels up for him in year two. I mean, even if you were wrong about him, raise his hand about Pitts year one. I'm not discouraged to be all in again next year. Personally, I know it. Maybe a bit of a gamble with Krusty uh, Ryan. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Are you all in? I mean, we, we've, we're the people that said you should trade him, you know, for, to, uh, for, for Kelsey earlier. And you look wrong in hindsight. But, uh, man, I still just think is is just going to be I, – I don't see any – Mark Andrews is going to be ranked probably number one next year. But I would rather Pitts. I, I mean, not even – I'm not saying – I'm not saying cost. I, that's, I don't – yeah, I, that's – I haven't given the talent and, uh, and situation, I, I think. That's where I'm going to settle in. But I hope I'm wrong. Well, maybe maybe he'll only cost a fifth or sixth rounder and not a third or fourth. I mean, here's the deal. Uh, how wrong are you on Kyle Pitts? Like, what do you, you rank him? What, like tight end five preseason? He's tight end five right now. I mean, he just hasn't scored touchdowns. He has been a difference maker for you in fantasy. Um, but for a rookie, only scoring one touchdown to end up being the tight end five is pretty impressive. And like, he could be tight end four by the end of this week. Obviously, you know, counts less because week 18, blah, 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 but whatever, like, I think I I would obviously like the take back that he is, you know, going to overtake. Like, not nah, we we said that you should trade him. Like, he could be the tight end one rest of season. That was obviously wrong. You should trade him for, like, we said, um, well, I mean, we said trade Travis Kelsey for, like, Kyle Pitts and T. Higgins, like a receiver right. in that range. That work. Yeah. Could work out yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that's an okay trade. Yeah. And Kelsey had a really rough stretch there as well, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. Whatever. It, it, I think Kyle Pitts' rookie season has been a success for the most part. I would like him to get in the end zone this week, though, just so we can be like, you know, he had more than one damn touchdown as a rookie. That would be nice. But, uh, you know, we're, we're asking for gravy there. Uh, I do think that uh, he will be a player I'm really excited to draft next year. I, I agree with you on that one. One of the quick note of the uh, uh- Thing to pay attention to this game is New Orleans' offensive line. Armstead questionable. Ramchek is returned to practice for the first time in a while, and that's obviously key for, for this team. And, and Kamara has seen the targets with Hill, and Ingram's uh, questionable too. I mean, Kamara is a guy who could finish as a number one fantasy back this week. Yeah, and you mentioned crusty. Um... Crusty Matt Ryan, like there's a chance Matt Ryan's not on this team next next year, and then we'll you know we'll see what we're doing there because uh, he's gonna be a veteran quarterback on the move. Um, let's talk Jets at Bills. Buffalo wins the AFC East with a win. I think they get that win. Yeah, uh, big spread. Uh, Devin Singletary looks like again underpriced in DFS. Twenty three, man, uh, he's getting all the touches. Uh, top five fantasy back last week. Sixty three touches the last three games compared to ten combined from Zach Moss and Matt Breida. Um, yes, Josh Allen does steal the goal line scores and the targets haven't been there, but you got to expect uh, maybe not he's going to match the production, but it's a similar game script set up as last week. Big home favorites against a terrific matchup. So uh, yeah, I like, I like Singletary quite a bit, but he's going to be pretty popular in DFS this week, obviously coming off the big game too. Yeah, definitely. I am interested to see, uh, obviously, Stefan Diggs had 162 yards and a touchdown on 
13 targets in that game last time they faced the Jets because the Jets just never changed up. They're like cover three look when, you know, single coverage on Steph Diggs and he just ripped them apart. I'm interested to see if they change that up at all. You know, he's only 20, he's 27 bucks in our daily fantasy game, but I think Diggs is a really, really good play. Uh, I am personally hoping that he wins me my uh, week 18 fantasy championship in my family league uh, that I think I've talked about on this podcast uh, before Dalton, but uh I decided to not I elected to not be involved in any of the planning for this league because, you know, it's just like I didn't want to be like, I work in fantasy, so I'll be setting the rules. And also, like, the last thing I want in my life is another fantasy league to, to like, manage or whatever. But we're, I were in the championship against one of my brother-in-laws uh, last week, and then I look, I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, this is a two-week championship. We won last week. Maybe no Devontae Adams for us this week, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. By the way, I'm saying us because my cousin set us up as like we're on teams. So my fiance and I are on a team. Oh, nice. Like we only have. Yeah, but like we barely have enough players to fill this league. Yeah. Okay, Why are I, we two in teams? Yeah, I don't think I'm in any league actually that's still going on in the week 18. I, I'd like one straggler just to have something to pay attention. Well, I have a, a lot of DFS action, but yeah, I don't think I'm in one that went this far. I thought you were going to say you accidentally left the schedule, but this was planned. At least it's two weeks. You know, two week championship makes it a little bit better. You know, instead of just having the championship be week 18, that would have been. That would have been a problem. But I'll talk quickly about the Jets here. Michael Carter looked like he was in for store for yeah. a big game last week before getting concussed, but probably can't really rely on him this week. And then Alpha Braxton Berrios, I mean, he was uh, <laughs> suddenly became popular in DFS. He nearly scored three touchdowns. That fourth down play at the end when Wilson got the middle, he did a, 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 they could have handed off a, on a, behind him to Berrios for his third score of the game. But PPR, obviously a big difference if you're playing PPR uh, other than Yahoo's a half point PPR. And now he questionable so you're probably not going to use him even Crowder may return too but it's pretty funny to see Berrios uh be uh not only be like popular in um in in DFS but exceed the expectations I mean that was kind of funny to see for one for one for one week at least I think Berrios can kind of play I kind of think he can play as a slot uh him and then they've got Elijah Moore outside his flanker and Corey Davis coming back next year they add somebody and Carter Carter looks good and Carter, yeah, I mean they've yeah. got some guys there for the next year. Let me let me take shop this with you, Dalton. And I'm I'm hesitant now that to put this on air after I did not I take shop this with uh, some of my friends earlier today and it didn't fly. <laughs> why why would it feels like we as a consensus out there? I love that I do we and then I do the quotes. This is a podcast; nobody can see that. <laughs> uh, you know, we are like okay, Justin Fields will be fine. We just got to get him with a new coach, but we don't feel that way about Zach Wilson when like statistically. As passers, they are almost completely identical from like adjusted yards per attempt, net yards per attempt, passer rating, uh, touchdown interception ratio. Like however you want to look at it, they're both down there with Trevor Lawrence at the bot in the bottom four of the league and Sam Darnold too. So shout out to Sam Darnold for still for still being there. Um, and I actually could you could argue that uh, like okay, so take that as the premise, and you could argue that Zach Wilson is actually set up better next year than Justin Fields is because. Same coaching staff is coming back in New York. I mean, most likely, right? And then they've got guys already there to take that next step on the roster. The Bears have like Darnell Mooney and that's it. There are long-term concerns about Wilson and the flags were so red for him to be this obvious number two pick even beforehand. But the guy ran a 55-yard touchdown a couple weeks ago that (laughs) one of only a few other quarterbacks in the league could do. His arm is effortless. He throws such a pretty pass. Um, he makes a couple of wow plays that personally, I've, I've had other people try to show me some play. Personally, I don't see it with Trevor Lawrence like ever, but I do actually see it with Zach Wilson, a player two again. I'm like, oh, oh, that's it. I've also yeah. seen him incredibly inaccurate. Just miss yeah. gimmies in the end zone. Like take, like really we'll give it and take away. Yeah. But so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not totally writing off Zach Wilson and it, it remains really interesting fantasy wise because he can run, but yeah, you put these pieces around him. Um, the coaching staff theoretically is right there. I mean, this is, in a way, an indictment of Wilson. It, well, it is, but it's also, at least there's a, play, a puzzle. When he's not been out of the game, that Jets offense with Mike White or Josh Johnson, a Flacco even, they put up actually big numbers. So it's like, oh, maybe that system has some upside really there. good, yeah. Yeah, so Tinker, you know, get, get Zach Wilson, who obviously has higher upside than those quarterbacks with the throws of uh, potential. So if he can just execute the easier stuff. And with the with boy, uh, you don't find a bigger fan than me than Elijah Moore. So yeah, I'm with you. There's a lot of upside for the Jets. 
Yeah, I just think that like I wouldn't completely write off if you if you're gonna completely write off Wilson, I think you have to then completely write off Fields by based on uh, the way that. And I don't want my point here is that I'm actually not writing off either of them. Uh, that's that's the take here for me is that I think both these guys are like on equal footing coming into 2022 is like it, the odds are equal that that either or both will be bad basically. But we don't. I don't feel like we talk about Fields that way probably. And this is probably just all pre-draft bias and like who you read and who you follow that type of stuff makai becton went down in week one yes i, I mean i mean their left tackle i mean it's uh, there his quarterback coach greg knapp died in a tragic uh bicycle yep. accident a week before the season i mean absolutely don't don't write off zach wilson yeah 100 uh by the way i promised our producer john that I, this was not going to be an 80 minute podcast and i feel like <laughs> we just spent 15 minutes talking about the jets in week 18 with no playoff implications so i'm sure he's over there like damn you Harmon. but anyways all right let's move on to 49ers and rams i'm sure a game will breathe i was right gonna through. say a game will be quick yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was laughing it's, it's totally yeah our 49ers haven't clinched playoff berth yet uh the rams haven't won the nfc west yet so they both have incentive to play through this game uh Sounds like, you know, it's going to be Jimmy G. He practiced for the st- third straight day through footballs for the third straight day on Thursday. Also sounds like Cam Akers is going to play in this one. Akers is crazy. I wouldn't want to rely on him in fantasy, wild, but good for yeah, him. Yeah. Amazing. Totally wild. Uh, Niners have their entire secondary, which is already shaky to begin with uh, on COVID. It's possible some return for this game, but very good matchup on paper for Cup, Beckham, and Jefferson, even if the Niners have beat the Rams five straight games. Um uh, yeah, it looks like it is probably going to be Jimmy G because that's where Shanahan wants it to be. Uh, and, and Elijah Mitchell returned to practice. Trey Lance, man, what were your thoughts on his first start? Le- I believe he led the league in ADOT, uh, all yep. quarterbacks. Um, really a nice completion percentage of above expectation. Uh, ugly first half uh, the ball. The spiral isn't always perfect. Uh, what was your takeaways? Uh, so I think the biggest thing is exactly what you said, that his uh, – his his rushing actually is not the most impressive thing to me um like i actually think as a rusher he doesn't have i don't know what to i don't know what to say but he or i don't know how to say it but he doesn't have like the best instincts as a rusher sometimes it feels like um and he's not perfect as a passer by any means but your point about his vertical passing is exactly what stands out to me. Uh, this is per uh, Next Gen Stats. Trey Lance averaged the most air yards per attempt, 11.5, and threw for the most yards on 10-plus air yard passes by any 49ers quarterback, not just this year, but over the last three seasons. Like That is what I think... That's the difference, I think, between the Trey Lance offense and the Jimmy G offense and why I'm very excited. You know, Trey Lance might not be ready yet. That's fine. But why I'm excited for him in 2022 for this game, you know, having Jimmy G out there at less than 100 percent, I think feels a little risky. But the 49ers have had the Rams number over the last you know, several seasons. I like Lance at DFS if he does play. But the problem is he may not even be announced until the afternoon slate, but he's yeah, not priced yeah. at the top. I think it's top 50. He's not a top 15 salary here, but this is crazy stats. You know that uh, Lance has thrown as many uh, 30-plus yard TD passes this season as Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it's just a totally different playbook, the outside the numbers compared to Garoppolo, which uh, is ironically, weirdly, Lance is is less risky. You know, all those passes over the middle, Garoppolo, uh, they have results in in interceptions. So uh, Trey Lance, it's very, very – I'm cheating because he's come in in the red zone before, but he leads the league by a mile in uh, fantasy points per drop back um do you know that josh allen fun uh put you on the spot here josh allen ranks uh second in fantasy points per drop back so among the qualified quarterbacks can you name who's number one took me about 15 guesses and i didn't get it so number one and yeah fantasy points per drop back yeah this season josh allen's two it's not burrow is it no it took no, me he, like i said who just tell me who it is i don't know jalen hurts Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. I could. I know it does make sense in hindsight because he runs. I get it. But I thought yeah. of all, you know, I thought I'm like, oh, Stafford's been efficient. No, it's got to be raw. No, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it hurts. But anyway, so these running guys really are cheat code. I also think that Taysom Hill, no, he's right up there, though, but Taysom Hill would be number two behind Lance if he qualified too. So just so you, figure, I mean, the yeah. running is just value, such a cheat code. But um, anyway. So if this is Jimmy G, four and a half points. Uh, I will take the points here, but man, it's a it's a tough. The Rams have won what five in a row. That they, they barely snuck on that Ravens. I'm hoping for a pick six from uh from Stafford again. He but a banged up, a, a banged up Garoppolo with the thumb. It's uh it's not ideal. I don't know. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I think um 
I, th- I think the 49ers can edge this one out, but I feel like this is going to be a really good back and forth game. Um, you know, Cooper Cup is 136 yards shy of the receiving yardage record. Even if he doesn't want to break it, he doesn't he thinks it's not right to break uh, records in the 17 games as opposed to 16 games. Whatever. Anyways, he can break that one. He can also break Michael Thomas's catch record with 12. Uh, I think there's every incentive for him to do that. Uh, and, you know, the 49ers are decimated at the cornerback spot right now. COVID, like Diamador Lenore on the COVID list, Jimmy Ward, safety on the COVID list, Ambry Thomas on the COVID list, like, and more. There's more guys. I believe there's five defensive backs right now on their COVID list. So that could, and they just benched Josh Norman last week against the Texans. So there's a chance that this could be a huge spot for the Rams passing game. Uh, although, yeah, Stafford has obviously been shaky of late. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, it should be um, yeah, interesting to see Cam Akers, how many snaps he gets returning yeah, from no a, a torn Achilles. But uh, hopefully uh, Elijah Mitchell, man, last week it's like, oh, how much are they going to give him coming off the knee injury? Uh, Jeff Wilson, Everything. zero touches and hasty one touch. Everything. So I think they're just resting him and they're going to give him, again, a heavy, heavy workload regardless of who starts uh, at Q- QB for SF. So man, Elijah Mitchell is going to be a really interesting uh, guy to rank next year's fantasy draft 100%. because he's, he's getting injured by multiple different injuries and he's, he's definitely <laughs> A, a durability thing but man i mean a shanahan back that he treats like a true workhorse is quite a bit of upside as well very rare uh all right let's move to patriots at dolphins patriots could win the nfc east if they win this game and the bills lose uh how do we see this one coming into it um yeah the two uh the, the yeah two has a fumbling problem uh, it looks like uh, got a lot of like- problems yeah, it is a, uh, interesting to see who who gets who's how healthy Damian Harris is. But um, yeah, more of the same from New England. I expect this to be a lower scoring, close game. Six and a half points on the road seems like a lot. I would I would take the home dog here. Yeah, that seems fair to me. I don't know that we need to spend much time on this game because we just kind of know how both these teams are. 40 point projected total in this game. It's been bet up from 39 and a half. BFD. All right, let's move on to Seahawks at Cardinals. Cardinals could potentially win the NFC West. They also need the Rams to lose. Chase Edmonds is not practicing. I think Seattle, too, they have every incentive to play up for this game as well, not just to play spoiler to their, you know, division rivals, but also, you know, this Seahawks era is kind of at the end of the road here. Like, Russ is still potentially showcasing himself for a new team. Pete Carroll still potentially making a case to come back, although I, I feel like Pete Carroll's actually not in trouble, but we'll, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, so, yeah, there's still guys who they have. And Rashad Penny is playing for a contract, and he's playing out of his mind for a contract. $25 in our daily fantasy game leads the NFL in runs of 20-plus yards. And, uh, you know, this Arizona run defense is 32nd in explosive run rate allowed. So Penny looks like a really great play in this spot. I love Penny leads the league in rushing over the last month. Uh, I like the points here quite a bit. I'm with you. Seattle's going to going to absolutely uh, have incentive. They're going to try. They don't have incentive, but they're they still try. going to try for sure. Last week, that passing offense finally exploded. Metcalf, such a weird season. What, 12 touchdowns and 900 yards? I mean, it's the most disappointing fantasy season for 12 touchdowns in recent memory. Um, and so I was reading, uh, I think it's becoming more obvious now as, as the week has progressed, but James Conner and Chase Edmonds are not going to play in this game, it looks like. Uh, so the Arizona and may not go all in. I don't think there's really a big benefactor. You know, Benjamin and Jonathan Ward are probably going to split work against a Seattle team that's susceptible to, to pass catchers out of the backfield, but they're pretty tough against yards per carry. So I don't know if there's a sneaky fantasy play there. Kyler Murray uh, could go crazy. He could explode. Um, but um, yeah, I expect this to be a, a close game. And maybe it's Tyler Lockett's week to, to have one of his uh, crazy blowups possible. And Gerald Everett has uh, quietly earned himself being like a top 12, like safe tight end. Yeah, ever since that point-shaving game that cost me a, a potential spot in the playoffs <laughs> in one of my leagues. So, uh, yeah. Um, also, Rashad Penny, another guy I'm relying on in my Week 18 doubleheader championship weirdo thing. So, uh, shout-out to you, Rashad Penny. What a run for Rashad Penny. All right, let's talk Bengals at Browns. The Bengals could potentially get the number one seed only if Kansas City loses on Saturday. So, obviously, we'll keep an eye on that. Case Keenum is starting for the Browns. Baker Mayfield has elected to undergo surgery. Weird vibes right now with Baker and the Browns. Apparently, he might demand to be traded. I'm kind of like, okay, you're you're, you're going to demand to be traded? Is that like a I quit before you can fire me type of thing? Anyways, Bengals, they don't have too much incentive to play up in this game if uh, Kansas City wins, which they probably will against Drew Locke on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know what's up with Baker. He's attacking Cleveland Ryder as well. Um, maybe Austin Hooper's a sleeper. Is he? Joe. Is he? He's always kind of, I mean, he's always kind of. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, Cleveland defense is going to be uh, heavily rostered uh, in DFS as a cheap option against Brandon Allen starting for for Cincinnati. Uh, maybe Samaje P. Ryan you could shift to with no Joe Mixon because yeah, I do not expect the Bengals to play Higgins and Chase uh, much in a game that doesn't matter to them. So I like Browns defense uh, in fantasy and in DFS, but they'll probably be popular. Maybe like I said, Hooper because Njoku's questionable, and uh, but I don't know what the, the theory that Keenum might rely on his tight end. Yeah, I mean, I just think like the Browns are 24th in EPA per dropback this year as a team. It's bad, like, yeah. it's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> there, Charles Robinson also to reference his podcast he did with the Ringer. He told a story about how um, Kevin Stefanski in preseason where they were sitting down for a chat and he said, oh, yeah, you know, Jarvis Landry can't run anymore. <laughs> and he was like, wait, what? And he was like, well, I just mean that like other guys will have to take up, you know, different roles on the team. I'm like, damn. That would have been a good. I mean, not that I drafted Jarvis Landry anywhere or whatever, but like that's that. I wish wish we knew that. That's like, oh, things are already kind of going bad in Cleveland early on. But um, yeah, this is bad. Without Odell there, they have no one, no one that scares you in the passing game. Yeah, and you know, with Dearness Johnson on COVID and Kareem Hunt battling injury, they say, oh, Nick Chubb will be relied on heavily. But he had that that rib injury, weird that weirdly yeah. limited him in the first half. I feel like it would be the you know, it's oh, he's slowed in the first half. Maybe. Uh, see medicine or something but anyway you can't you know, really rely on him in dfs as is with the banged up ribs but um you know he he theoretically could could see a lot of carries here if he's uh healthy enough to do so yeah we'll see i don't know this game looks like an avoid for me yeah for sure in yeah. dfs yeah, um speaking on. of avoid let's talk some games that have uh, no playoff implications starting with packers at lions are we expecting the packers backups in this game big time yeah i don't yeah i from pretty much the get-go. I mean, I've heard some people speculate half of, of Rodgers, and I guess with the bye week, you know, I don't want to be too rusty, but no, I would rank, and I would certainly not even consider using Adams in DFS, or I would expect a, a lot of Jordan Love and uh, a lot of backups. And uh, yeah, DeAndre Swift, I was going to talk myself into again, but cut loose resulted in six touches last week, and uh, he's, I guess he's said he expects more of the same this week. So even if in full PPR he becomes shaky you say he ran a lot of routes last week but that was quite disappointing being cut loose like that and I'm on St. Brown didn't matter if Swift returns didn't matter if Tim Boyle starting at quarterback uh Sun God is apparently uh, the real deal I mean what uh, did you uh I, I I know a lot of draft Knicks liked him but man I didn't I wasn't he wasn't really on my fantasy radar in the past summer yeah, I liked him as a prospect, and I called him uh, like he could potentially be Jared Goff's new Cooper Cup when they drafted him. Uh, no, no, no. I strike that. Strike that from the record. What I said was before the draft, before I knew which team he draft was drafted, I was like, he could play a Cooper Cup role in the NFL. And then he ended up being drafted by the Lions, who obviously have Rams guys in the front office, and uh, they have Jared Goff, the old Rams quarterback. And so it made complete sense uh, that that happened. And I knew that that's like kind of the role he's played. So far with the Lions in the in the second half of the season, Graham Barfield from Fantasy Points had this. He, Amon Ross St. Brown ranks third in total fantasy points scored by a rookie wide receiver in weeks 13, 17 all time. The other guys on that list, Odell Beckham, Randy Moss, Jamar Chase and Julio Jones. So, um, yeah. I think he is uh and then uh, Scott Barrett his is as I'm looking at the tweet here, the the his colleague over there at fantasy points uh he said not just weeks 13 to 17 only odell beckham and randy moss eclipsed uh you know 125 fantasy points uh which is what amon ross st brown is at right now in any five game stretch not just like a late season stretch so i mean he's been unbelievable where do you stand on him uh in terms of his stock in 2022 I mean, in PPR leagues, he's going to go high. I mean, it's going to be a fourth, fifth yeah. round pick. And I mean, I, I bet to see what things shake out. Interesting to see if they bring in other receivers, obviously healthy Hawkinson. But um, yeah, he looks like the real deal. They're even giving him carries. So um, hard to argue in full, full PPR. You got to like him more. But um, yeah, he, he looks very, very good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, let's talk Bears at Vikings. Uh, the whole reason I... I had this take shop earlier today with my friends about rookie quarterbacks is Justin Fields is on the COVID list. And like Justin Fields just had a very bizarre rookie season, you know, like it's been injuries, poor play. Does the coaching staff even want to work with him? And then he's on the COVID list to end his, when he was supposed to come back as a starter, just really not a great, like just kind of a, a just kind of a, a, a mystery of a rookie year. I would say uh, like border. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to call it like a, a, a waste of a rookie year, but just it's tough. So for Justin Fields, uh, not going to play in this game. I think that's actually kind of good news potentially for David Montgomery, who's one of my favorite values at 25 bucks in our daily fantasy game, going against the Vikings 31st ranked defense and potentially could have more juice as a pass catcher with like Andy Dalton back there. 
Yes, TJ Hernandez had noted before last week, Montgomery led all running backs in target percentage the previous month. So, uh, yeah, he got the two touchdowns last week. Mooney to the Mooney this week with uh, yeah, uh, yeah. as much as I wanted to see Fields out there, it does help Mooney this week. So I like either Dalton or Foles. So I like him in this matchup in Minnesota. And Mooney's absolutely on the DFS radar. Of course, Cook and uh, Justin Jefferson on the other side, because uh, even though the spread opened at just two and a half, it feels like Cousins and, and company in Minnesota, you know, Zimmer's last hurrah, feels like they're going to try to win this game and play all their guys. I think that spread has moved uh, to where it makes more sense that Minnesota is going to try to win. Well, we know Mike Zimmer is trying to win. He's said that he's playing like all of his starters, everything like that. Bad, bad vibes in, in Minnesota right now. I think that is an operation heading for a full split uh, here very, very soon. All right, Washington football team at New York Giants. Obviously, two eliminated NFC East teams. Uh, Joe Judge seems like ever since the uh, report that he was going to be brought back, by the New York Giants can't seem to shut up and just keep that to be true because good God, the guy just keeps on talking nonsense. Uh, where, where is there anything that interests you in this game at all besides Antonio Gibson? No, and I'm too slow to bring up the stats other than this Glennon's was historic last week. Stinks, it was just yeah. crazy stuff. I mean, just wild stuff how how putrid it was. But the quarterback play, and apparently Fromm's even worse because they, they're, they're, they're so reluctant to bring him in. Injury forced him to do that. So this could be ugly, but I expect, whatever, maybe a, a close defensive battle that I want nothing to do with in uh, in fantasy. Yeah, nothing to do with in fantasy. Don't even really want to watch a second of this game. Don't care. Although Antonio Gibson is on my week 18 fantasy championship roster. So and, and Barkley buying next year or have had enough? No, no, I've probably had enough. I think Depends I have on, too, which de- means he probably will have a great year because, yeah, because that's yeah. when the point when, you know what I mean? Because I'm with you too. It's It just seems like it's always going to be something, but, you know. Yeah, and it just it does depend obviously on the infrastructure that New York has there. Like I said, if they bring Joe Judge back and like run it back with Daniel Jones, forget it. I don't I don't want anything to do with that. But uh, we shall see. It does seem like I said Joe Judge. If he just stops talking, he'll get it. He'll get to keep his job. But he seems to not be able to <laughs> say embarrassing things in the media all the time. All right, last game of the week: Panthers at Bucks. Uh, Antonio Brown has officially been released. By the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, talk about another guy who can't stop talking. Uh, Antonio Brown has been posting all over social media. What a nightmare that whole story is. Uh, I don't know if you have any comment on uh, that at all or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Panthers at Bucks. The Bucks can uh, – I think they can improve their seeded slightly if they win this game. So they might they might have they, – they'll have some incentive to try in this one. Weird spread to me that Tampa Bay minus eight feels like they're splitting the difference. Why are they not 13 point favorites or why are they not – you know, if they're – it feel like it'd be a lot less if they didn't expect Tampa Bay to play. But, anyway um, – some injury situations, yeah, obviously, you no know, Antonio Brown, a wild situation that seemingly is, uh, you know, news, Only getting news coming. Yeah, totally. Um, I was trying to talk myself into Cyril Grayson, a cool story, undrafted, uh, former track star, 28-year-old, caught the game winner last week. But if Mike Evans has returned to a full practice, he's probably more of a tournament play than, uh, than you want to start in any Week 18 fantasy league or cash play for DFS. Keyshawn Vaughn, on the other hand, becomes very interesting with just Le'Veon Bell for competition there with Ronald Jones, uh, my guy in a walking boot. What a what a season for Ronald Jones. Uh, unhelpful all year on your bench and then does uh, gets the right matchup without Fournette just for you to start in your fantasy finals for him to immediately leave in a in a yeah, or in DFS you use him against the Jets like I did. Yeah, I know it's a, a total disaster. I started him. Um, after no. all of our discussion about freaking Ronald Jones, Dalton, you know, even saying on the podcast like anything that can happen to ronald jones will happen to ronald jones still played him against the jets and had to eat like the three points that you put in uh, with the injury yeah i like drafting players that burn me in fantasy but even this is too it's gone too far ronald jones too, i guess <laughs> too much <laughs> yeah too enough. much next year yeah enough yeah dj moore may see uh 18 targets in this game robbie anderson's questionable and uh gets a bigger bump in full ppr obviously uh sam darnold he hasn't been producing them into a ton of fantasy points but dj moore um he's an interesting guy in dfs this week along with Keyshawn john who may have this backfield all to himself with with not a lot of targets too you know with just a maybe a not 100 mike evans and then no one else there in wide receivers so Keyshawn Vaughn who's you know shown shown to make some big plays this year too Mike Evans is really interesting because 27 bucks in our daily fantasy game uh, he obviously Gilmore. should yeah Gilmore's Gilmore out. on the COVID list uh and he should obviously dominate targets because this has gone from a position of strength to like Mike Evans and a bunch of goofballs and Mike Evans is 54 yards shy of a thousand yards this year if he gets a thousand yards this year he will beat Randy Moss's record for eight straight seasons with a thousand yards to start his NFL career I mean we don't talk enough about how just like rock solid Mike Evans is as a player and I feel like 
Uh, you know, Tom Brady got his best buddy, Antonio Brown, to all of his stupid incentives in week 17 last year. Um, Bruce Arians has talked about wanting to get Mike Evans' this record. I think this is a, a game where Mike Evans, like, it, it's they're kind of playing with fire because he's banged up. And, like, if he gets hurt, then they're really, really banged going into the playoffs. But I still think there's some incentive to get him this record here. I like it. It's a good call. I think I need to reevaluate because I just written him off when, when he originally suffered that hamstring injury. But if he's back fully practicing, then yeah, it looks good to go. I agree with you there. And one thing I'll say about Antonio Brown, he revealed something very interesting for those who play DFS or gamble in the NFL. He revealed text messages from, from Bruce Arians saying, we're not resting players for the playoffs. I know he was referring to last week, but Arians has also kind of publicly said that. And last season in a meaningless final week, uh, Brady went crazy and he played for four quarters in a total meaningless game. So I actually am taking this text message actually about my, probably look foolish uh maybe he'll change now it's public but i'm going to take him for his word and they're going to play their guys yeah no i think i think that seems to be the way that they want to go about things they want to go in with some momentum like i said for the packers if they don't play rogers even a little bit in this game like right oh yeah he, he will have not thrown a pass for quite some time because he's the number one seed and obviously it's just it's an interesting thought to have about the whole thing all right well dalton that's it we've run out of games to preview i came in under 80 minutes promises made <laughs> promises kept uh, but of course uh what are you dalton what do you got going on the the rest I, of, like what are you doing I think now? I, no sit start but i am <laughs> going to do a wrap on the weekend games i'll just probably it's more of a spin it forward you know i'll just use the yeah. games as a as a reason to give some some fantasy predictions for next year and whatnot and wrap up the the nfl uh fantasy season well, good for you. I decided to not write my usual care, don't care recap column on Sunday because um, your boy just needs needs some time. Needs some time. So shout yeah. out to you on that one. Uh, but yeah, anyway. go Niners. Go Niners. Come on. Go, go Niners, Niners, man. Again, I the take will stand if the Saints are in the playoffs. The take will stand if the Raiders or Steelers are in the playoffs. But uh, I'm cool with the Niners making it in, man. That That's that's cool with me. Although the Eagles already being in there already kind of cements the take on the NFC side. So we'll see. We'll see if it's the for, so, so it can be like the Saints and Eagles as the six and seven seed. 100%. That is what it is. If the Saints win and Niners lose, that's what it is. Yeah, even, and it's a weird three way tie. Niners have the head, the first tiebreaker, by the way, in, in the rules, if you read, is head to head. The Niners have beat the Eagles. But the problem is the other two teams have faced each other too. So therefore, it goes down to the second tiebreaker, which is conference record. So even though the Niners will be tied, same record, be top five in DVOA, and have beaten one the head to head, they'll be the third team out. Because of stupid losses to the to the Seahawks, yeah, and see that's what I'm saying. You don't deserve it then if you can't uh, can't pull those games out. And before Raiders fans come at me, like shout out to the Raiders for overcoming all kinds of adversity this year to even potentially be in this conversation. That's great. You've had your moment, and I, and I love it, and I appreciate it. I really do respect a lot of what the Raiders did this year, but like the take still stands. So there is that. All right, that's it. We got nothing to say here. We're done. Uh, if you do want to keep chatting with us, you can do it on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, of course, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Andy and Scott will be back on Tuesday with a recap of the weekend. But until then, we are out. 